Hi everyone, Bernard Jackman here for Cassidy Travel uh, Rugby World Cup podcast special week of the final. Um, just debriefing or reviewing the semi-finals of the weekend. Uh, chalk and cheese, wasn't it? Uh, the first one, New Zealand Argentina, very one-sided affair. Um, as we talked with the with the draw and and the quality of um, what we saw on our side of the draw against what we saw on the other side, that followed through and and played out um, as expected. New Zealand very comfortable winners um, could actually finish the game with fourteen men. Didn't bother replacing um, Barrett after his yellow card. Uh, just tried to simulate what it was like to defend with fourteen men against fifteen for Argentina. Um, got to use their bench. Really early, um, so from a fatigue point of view, they should be a little bit fresher. Obviously, haven't played a day before uh, South Africa, but also not being involved in a, in a nail-biting game where they probably knew the results at half time or were able to rotate players and freshen players up. And as I said, finish with fourteen. So um, definitely the easier semi-final for for the All Blacks. Um, once again, you know they have players at the top of the game. In top form, uh, Richie Mwanga, um, Smith, Scrum Half, um, their pack look really good, particularly their back row, particularly Shannon Frizzell and Ardi Sevilla again. Um, Will Jordan got a hat trick. He's now top joint try scorer at a World Cup with eight, joining the likes of, um, John Alomo and Brian Habana. And you wouldn't bet against him getting one more at least in, in a final and, and breaking that record. He just is a, a Rolls Royce of a winger. Incredible speed. Doesn't look like he's putting any effort into it. Like I suppose all good sprinters, but wow, he covers the ground. And while two of his tries were very simple, just touchdowns because the All Blacks had created space for him. Um, his last try, the third try, um, off that inside pass off a four man line out, similar to how, uh, Ireland got busted for the Will Jordan try against Ireland, um, but to finish the chip and chase at the end uh, was absolute quality from him. So he's somebody at the box will have to uh, keep a close eye on. On the other wing, Mark Talea um, came back from his internal suspension for disciplinary reasons against Ireland um, and again showed why they brought him back into the team. He's not a biggest man, but by God, does he break tackles? Is he elusive? He's kind of like a kneel in contact and um, he wriggles his way out of out of tackles and, and goes forward um, and is another super player. And obviously, you know, there's very rarely a bad every, uh, bad all-black winger, but both Will Jordan and, and himself um, could be up there with, with some of the greats who've worn that jersey in the past. And um, certainly if they have a big impact on this final, they uh, they will become part of that elite group. Um it's hard to really judge the All Blacks. Look, at all we can say is that they're back. They're genuine contenders. They're actually Bucky's favourites for this game, which I don't agree with, but I can see why. They have been very impressive against Ireland and very impressive um, against Argentina, whereas the box have come through two real battles. Um, uh, the French game was a, was a phenomenal game, but they found a way to win. And England, while on paper that wasn't the same level of opposition as as France was, um, I think England and England's game plan um, is a very effective way to play against a team like South Africa if you can stop them up front. And England did do that for 60 minutes. Um, they got after him at the line-out. They got after him at line-out mall. Um, they attacked the breakdown. But more importantly, and um, with more relevance, they went to the air with contestable kicks, but very accurate contestable kicks. Um, and we know that the South African wingers aren't um, 
the tallest men in the world. Uh, while they're phenomenal players, they're incredibly quick, they can beat people. Their skill set isn't based around attacking high balls in the air. And the way England got through those kick escorts um, and got hands and, and bodies in the air um, was really, really impressive. And they were able to do that on the back of obviously having a pack that could match the box. And um, Razi Erasmus uh, and Jacques Nienabar, Jacques Nienabar is coming to Leinster after, after this weekend to be head coach. I mean, they made some big calls in terms of replacements, um, took off their starting 10, Manny Libok after 31 minutes, huge call. And he looked quite broken in the bench, on the bench, but they felt that that was the right call. And while there's been a huge amount of criticism from Manny Libok for his goal kicking, he'd actually kicked the one penalty that they'd asked him to kick. Um, but his general kicking out of hand wasn't at the level. So they brought on Pollard, um, who we'll all remember for kicking that kick in the 78 minute from 48 yards to knock, knock England out of the World Cup. But I thought he gave them composure in just their general play as well. And because the rain was very heavy in Stade de France on, on Saturday night, it was never going to be a game that suited Manny Libok's skill set, which is more ball in hand, getting the back line moving. Um, and also when you play a team like England, who don't give you any easy set-piece ball, don't give you any long kicks to go back at, at the opposition. Um, Manny Lebok or any 10 with that quality um, is going to become a bit of a bystander. So it was necessary to get Pollard on, but also it wasn't just Pollard that came on. He brought on Faf de Klerk after 43 minutes, um, which is a big call to replace Reinhardt. Uh, he took off Estebet, who was man to match against France, but who wasn't having a greatest game. Um, and he brought on Orgy Snyman, the Munster lock. And I'm trying to think of a team in the, in the quarterfinals and beyond where RG Snyman wouldn't start. And the only team he wouldn't start was, was South Africa. I mean, that's how strong they are. When you think that they've lost Lou Diager, um, and they have John Klein as well, uh, who's not making the match day 23 at the moment. Um, they're so rich in that area. I think Estevet will start again. I think Snyman is a brilliant impact player off the bench. Um, but it was really the two props, the two props that they brought on. Steve Bordwick knew the scrum was going to be key. It was key four years ago in, in Japan when South Africa destroyed England at the scrum. So he he picked his best two scrummaging props, Joe Marler and Dan Coles, who were both veterans. Um, Dan Cole, and they're both veterans. And for 60 minutes, they negated that Springbok pack. They weren't dominant, but they were able to win clean ball. They, they were able to avoid giving away penalties. But unfortunately, at a 60-minute mark, when... Uh, Steve Bortig made changes. Uh, that's when Razi Erasmus brought on his two jewels in the crown, uh, Ox Niche uh, and um, Vincent Koch. And they were phenomenal. Five scrum penalties in that last quarter. And obviously the final one led to the, the kick from Pollard that uh, made it a one-point game. And um, the box were able to defend the game, finish the game on the halfway line, knocking England back at every phase. And, and that was where England's Lack of a plan B probably caught them. Um, when we needed to go chase the game against New Zealand, we had the attacking shape to be able to keep the ball and obviously it didn't lead to a try in the end, but at least we looked like we had a chance of scoring a try, whereas I felt England, unless they were kicking the ball, um, were never really going to break down that South African defence. And uh, and the problem was they couldn't kick it away with a minute to go, um, a point down. They needed to try and play. So, um, But that's something I think Felix Jones, the Irishman, former Munster player and Leinster player, who's now 
coaching South Africa, but going to England after this World Cup to coach their attack. That'll be his mandate is to make England a better balanced team. Um, but certainly they'll get massive belief out of how close they they ran South Africa, the world champions um, in that game. Um, it's been a tough year for them, tough four years really um, since the last World Cup final. Obviously spent three years with Eddie Jones kind of being a little bit lost, but then Bortwick came in and they didn't get that lift straight away that sometimes a new manager, a new coach gives you. Um, they stumbled their way through the Six Nations and had a very poor autumn um, and weren't impressive in this World Cup. But when you have players like Courtney Laws, Owen Farrell, Manitou Alagi, um, uh, Atoje, uh, Jamie George, Marler, Cole, etc. Players who have been at the top level for the goods of 10 years. Players who have won things in England or a club jersey, whether at Saracens or, or Leicester. Um, they can get themselves back to the level that we saw on Saturday night um, because they've been there, done that. And um, they don't need that current form that some teams do um, a little bit like the All Blacks the All Blacks were in disarray a year ago but when you look at the, the mainstays of that teams the the Bowden Barretts the Brody Vitalics the the Iron Smiths um, the Ardy Surveyors the Ionis um, etc they know what it takes to to win trophies or to be at the very best of the world and Sometimes it takes a, a World Cup campaign. It takes a, a knockout game like a quarterfinal, semifinal, or final to see the best of them. I think we saw that with three of the four teams this weekend. New Zealand, South Africa, and England were able to get themselves up to the level um, that's required to be competitive in a semifinal. Argentina, maybe without that success, at an individual level, a collective level, just couldn't bridge that gap. And um, I suppose we shouldn't be surprised at how... England were able to find that but uh, the important thing for them now is to build on that and as I said to, there's probably going to be some retirements Corny Laws is already retired um, I'm not sure what Dan Cole will do Joe Marler etc Joe Marler had retired previously but came back for Bortwick um, so they may need to do a little bit of a rebuild um, but they will f- take so much heart from some of the players that they've discovered on this World Cup George Martin the second row has been absolutely outstanding Um they Ben Earls has been uh, exceptional. They've got uh, Arundel um, coming through. Didn't play on Saturday night, but is a, a freak talent. Um, and even though the English club game is in a little bit of disarray, um, I think that will settle. And Bortwick has the fate of his players. He has a game plan that statistically uh, uh, works, wants it's executed well. And he's got some great leaders like George Ford and, and Owen Farrell to help um, implement that. So I think England will be competitive in the Six Nations. I think it's Ireland, England, France. Um, we're all in the same bracket. Um, and then obviously the Scots, the Welsh and Italians probably um, have a little bit of, uh, of work to do to to get back to that level where they're challenging for, for silverware. Um, I thought... Box scrum um, is a thing of beauty. Um, and there's been some negative press around a scrum this week um, from certain media quarters saying, oh, it should be devalued, etc. It's a core part of the game. Um, I understand it's difficult to understand if you haven't been in that scrum uh, ever. Um, but it keeps the game being a game for all shapes and sizes Niche, the, the South African loose prop he couldn't play rugby league um, 
RG Snyman, the South African lock, uh, couldn't play rugby league. Rugby Union is a game where his height, uh, his athleticism is, uh, how would you say, sought after. It's important. Like with Faf de Klerk, you know, he's only five foot eight. Um, but it's an absolute terrier. Um, Gibson Park for Ireland, etc. Peter Stringer. Um, all the beauty of rugby is that it is a game for all shapes and sizes, and the scrum gives those big, heavy men, big, strong men, a chance to um, play an important role in winning or losing the game, and it has a massive impact on uh, Test rugby. It has a massive impact on top-level European rugby, um, and we need to keep that. We need to keep that. We just need to educate um, and explain uh, to the fans, uh, which we obviously have some old fans, we have new people who are new to the game, what's actually happening and why certain penalties are are being rewarded or being conceded. And that's a job for likes of me, I think, um, and other pundits. We, we need to be able to explain in simple terms what actually happened um, and why that decision has been made or why that team has got a, a, a scrum against the head, which South Africa did at the weekend, why they're able to push in it off their own ball. So that's the challenge, um, and it's a massive challenge for this weekend for the All Blacks, even though the All Blacks scrum uh, with the Groots and Lomax did very well against Ireland. Um, I'm not sure about their bench props. They're young, they're inexperienced, and you know it's a big question mark for Ian Foster. Does he try and get... 75, 80 minutes even out of his first choice props or do what England did and, and hope that fresh legs from Ellis Genge and Kyle Sinclair will be enough to withstand that power that we know is going to come off the Springbok bench because um, I think this final will be incredibly tight and may come down to a drop ball and may come down to one refereeing decision um, and may come down to a, a penalty from long range but more than likely it will come down to something around that scrum Um something around that scrum and mainly the All Blacks' ability to withstand that scrum power for, for 80 minutes. Uh, I'm not sure they can. I'm not sure they can. I don't think also that they have the pack um, that can do a job on the South African line at Mall like England did. Um, that's always been a big part of England's game. Um, and also I don't think they'll go to the air as much as England did to kick contestable kicks because that's not what they do. Certainly they will have an element of that and certainly they have wingers who can challenge in the air and Joe Schmidt and Ian Foster are very smart coaches but they are a team that's set up to play. Um, they have a lot of power, they have a lot of pace and they want to play to that. So it won't be a same game even though the weather forecast is 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 quite poor and there is due to be rain and uh, on, on Saturday night in Paris. Um, I think it'll be a totally different game. It'll be less cat and mouse Um and it's the benches that are going to be absolutely key. The bomb squad for South Africa, even though they're not doing 7-1 anymore, um, they will be big part of Razi Erasmus's plan. Um, they all seem to understand that if they're not performing, they can be taken off early. Um, and I have no quibbles with that. Estebet was taken off early against Ireland because he wasn't playing well. He bounced back and was man to match against uh, France. He was poor against England, um, taken off. Snyman comes on, scores the the winning try. Um, Peter Steph de Trois gave away a couple of penalties, gave a couple of penalties away. Um, Razi Erasmus bring on, brings on Dion Fury, who had a who had a massive impact. Uh, Quagga Smith um, had a massive impact. Um, Fafta Clark had had a massive impact. Pollard had a massive impact. So there's been a big pattern of those South African 
subs coming on and helping win the game. New Zealand haven't had to do that to a certain extent. Um, against Ireland, they got out in front, 13-0 up, then they went 18-17, uh, then they went eight points up again. Um, and their bench came on and played a, a role defensively, whereas South Africa have used their bench to to come on and actually win the game from behind. Um, and it's a fearful uh, sight seeing some of those players come on, whether it's in the 43rd minute, the 50th minute, 60th minute, they all tend to to make a big impact. And um, I, I fancy South Africa. I think since they beat since Ireland beat them, I left the, that game with more respect for South Africa than um, I had before. And ironically, that's after a loss because I could see the different things they could fix quite quickly. Um, they have started to fix those. Started to fix those. Um, they maul more now. Um, they kick their goals. They're less likely to go wide um, unless they've really earned the right to do that. Um, they fine-tune their kicking game. And I believe they're the best 23. They're the best 23. The New Zealand 15 that will start can go toe-to-toe with the box. I'm just not sure about those eight replacements. I don't think they're the same level. And the box seem to have an unbelievable connection. Um, whoever wins this will rightly be able to claim they are the, the best rugby nation in the world because both teams are on three World Cup wins each. Um, so whoever wins this will move one ahead. And I think that's a, a massive claim to, to fame. Plus, um, obviously for South Africa to go back-to-back in World Cups, would be incredible. And the reality is, you know, this is the end of the cycle for for some of this uh, South African group. Um, they're highly likely to be together in in, in, uh, in Australia in four years' time. Even the coaching staff, Felix Jones going to England, um, Jacques Ninabar coming to, to Leinster. We're not sure what Razi Erasmus is going to do. There's a rumour now that he will stay on and come back down as head coach with Dwayne Vermeulen taking on the defensive role and rebuilding that that coaching staff, but it will be a rebuild. Um, like the All Blacks, Ian Foster is moving on, Joe Smith's moving on, Scott Robertson is is coming in, and when he will have to exit players like Sam Whitelock and Aaron Smith, um, and Bowden Barrett, Brody Retallick, etc., their international careers are coming at the end. Um, uh, so it'll be two vastly different teams in four years' time, but one of them will go into that World Cup as the undisputed. Um, best rugby nation in the world, in my opinion, and you know, bar, apart from just a, a simple World Cup, which is obviously um, what people dream about, to be able to leave your country um, as the best or best international side in the world when you retire, uh, and you haven't played a big role in that, where that's one or two World Cups, um, I think is is pretty incredible. So we're going to have a, an unbelievable final. Um, two absolute heavyweights in, in, in world rugby. Um, I think the stadium will be full of New Zealand, South African, and, and French and other fans who want to see these two heavyweights go head to head. And in my opinion, the box will win. Um, I think they'll win by four or five points. Um, but it'll be the last ten minutes again where um they get in in control and uh, as I said their 23 is better than the All Blacks 23 so for me it's the box um, I'm looking forward to debriefing and, and reviewing it with you on, on Monday um, and thanks to Cassidy Travel for the opportunity to be part of this uh, this World Cup with you um, and all the rugby fans thank you